The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff, available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. My name is Talia. Um, I'm an actress and I also love to do music and lots of other creative things. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over. Wonderful. Thanks for being here. Of course. My pleasure. In the context of being a working actor in LA and entertainment here, what does it mean to be Vietnamese to you? Well, I think, you know, even though I grew up in America and I was born and raised here, I feel like the experiences of my family having immigrated from Vietnam and all of their experiences from over there have translated into the way they have raised me here in terms of values, traditions, and even like, of course, the food that we eat. And I was fortunate enough to grow up with um, some Vietnamese friends down here in OC. And I think that really helped me to embrace my culture. And when I entered the entertainment industry, I realized that I didn't necessarily, I didn't encounter a lot of Vietnamese actors at first. Um, but now as the, as there's been a movement towards more inclusivity, I've seen that there have been so many talented Vietnamese actors and actresses that, you know, I, I wish I could have met them earlier on because I, I wanted to see that progress of growth and everything. But I know that whenever I come across a Vietnamese actor or whether they'd be like Chinese, Korean, Japanese, any type of Asian American actor. When I encounter them, there's just some sort of instant bond, I think. I found on sets, especially um, of Avatar with a lot of Asian actresses. Uh, we just bonded over that because we've had some shared experiences in terms of struggles, in terms of getting auditions and feeling sort of, especially at the beginning of our careers, a little unwanted in the industry. And now as we've seen that open up, we've gotten to like bond with each other over over like how great it feels to see each other succeed. And yeah. You are still in school, right? I am, yes. Where, where are you along your education path? I am in my senior year. Um, 
And so, you know, it's, it's this transition period between, you know, high school and college. And as an actor, that's, it's, it's a difficult decision to make because college is a huge time commitment and acting is as well as a huge time commitment. And so I know some actors choose to um, completely forgo college and just go full force on acting. And, but I've always, I've always like really wanted to go to college, you know, just to get that degree and to just have all my avenues open and just have the world ahead of me. And so I want to go to college, um, but we'll have to see how that works in with acting because, you know, from auditioning to even just filming, if you you can't be in two places at once. Yeah. So we'll just see how that plays out. And I think I've always kind of had that philosophy as I've gone through school. Um, you just do what you can while you can. And if things change, you change your own path to fit what you think is best. And I think my parents have always encouraged me to just follow my heart and to just trust myself with that. Well, I have this to say. I think that college is always going to be there. Um, and if you have opportunity to to really break out into the entertainment industry, which you've already have, that momentum um, is important and to continue. That's just my two cents. I, I think college, well, I that, yeah. yeah, college is, you know, at any time. And, and honestly, I think the world of hard knocks and the world of real living and experiences will make the college experience even more richer because the context that you'll get from, you know, the world that you live in the entertainment industry will, you know, the, the text that you have to read and the, and the scripts yeah. and everything that comes across will enhance by the time you get to college, you know, it will just help out that much more. I definitely agree. I think I've grown so much as a person and as a student, just through acting. And even though it's not like a traditional academic setting, I think a lot of people could benefit from just, you know, going through these texts and uh, meeting all these people. And it, yeah. it's just, I feel like I've grown so much as a person through that. Yeah. I, who is it? Natalie Portman, child actor, actress, and she uh, ended up going to Yale or Harvard. I don't know if, what part of her career, you know, did she get into it, yeah. but. Um, no, it I, I definitely am open to like flexibility in terms of that. Um, yeah. I think just take advantage of what comes to you in the time. Yeah. You know, for somebody who's so young, your interviews that I've, you know, come across from the ones that you've sent me, it's just so professional and it's, it's beyond professional in also where the answers that you give, it's just so rock solid, you know? I appreciate that. Where does that come from? Um, honestly, I don't really know. You know, I think just before my interviews, I try to um, give a good amount of thought to each of these questions because I, I really do think that um, I take these very like seriously. Like it's a part of my career, and I I just it's always been for fun. But also, this is something that I'm very serious about and very yeah. passionate about. And therefore, I think when you're really passionate about something, you just have so much more to give. And I think that's really been a driving force of my career, whether it be interviews, auditions, anything. And even just the audition process, I just love it so much. And I just, I, I, I don't, I know that you don't expect to get everything back from every single audition, but I just find the process just so fun and just so exciting. And that's why I give my heart into every single audition and whether I get a call back, whether I book it or not, at some point you just let that go because 
it's the process that is really fulfilling and, and really reminds you of where your passion lies. That's a wise perspective to have because I've heard, you know, I grew up in LA and I've heard for my entire life how bad actors hate to audition. I, I hear that from friends too. And I'm not sure whether it's because I come from a, an, I live in a non-artsy place, you know, because I'm from OC as opposed to LA and there's not as much hustle around it. You know, I can kind of just be an artist in terms of yeah. what I do. And my parents aren't in the industry. So, so, you know, there's no like added pressure of you have to succeed like I did in the industry. I think when you take the pressure of needing to meet some expectations yeah. off of it, and you can just let yourself grow as an artist. What do I want out of this audition? Do I want to, where do I want to push myself here? Where do I want to um, add something that I didn't think of before? Where, how am I growing as an artist through each audition? And I think if you take that perspective as, as somebody who is just, you know, working their craft a little bit here and there and just let go of the pressure, I think it just becomes so much more fun for you. Who taught you that? I... I don't know who taught me this. I think I just, I just, I kind of stumbled into the acting field, honestly. And no, no, who taught you that attitude? That attitude of the journey is more important than the final destination. I feel like a lot of it's from my parents. Yeah. Um, you know, they worked really hard to come over here and create a stable life for us and um, they wanted me to be able to pursue my dreams in any way and especially because I started when I was when I was young so they they kind of just gave me the freedom and they're like you can enjoy this you know while you have the freedom you can be financially dependent on us right your schooling is is kind of secondary to what you want to accomplish wow. right now you have all this time and and you have all this potential and it's it's such a bummer to those who who get lost in all the other stuff of life when you've got dream you've got passion you've got spirit right here right just to grow that and i think also i take a lot of inspiration from my sister you know she she's one of the hardest workers i know and she has fun with everything and i think just seeing that throughout my life has just been really great. what does your sister pursue um my sister is disabled so she doesn't um she you know she doesn't pursue a traditional career path or anything like that but just to see her passion around people just to see her um she just thrives in wherever she goes so i really love to that see makes her. sense now i'm starting to see yeah the sort of the inspiration from your sister yeah. you know when you when you see it firsthand and the opportunities that you're given, because um, she's your older sister? She's my younger sister. Younger the sister. Years. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And what does your mom and dad uh, do? They're in medicine. So very different from <laughs> acting. It's a very, you know, defined, clear-cut path. You know, you, you go to medical school, you go to residency, you, you go off and you find a job. And it's, it's all so different. And I think them seeing me go into the entertainment industry where everything is just so fluid and just so ambiguous. Um, I feel like sometimes it's, it can be frightening, but I think they're just happy to see me happy. And I'm really appreciative for that support. And they're both doctors. Yes. 
All right. So we got the uh, the intelligent <laughs> genes from these two. People. <laughs> I would like to think. Hopefully, I inherited some of that. You definitely did. Now it all is starting to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> the the pieces of the puzzle are starting to fall into place. Two doctor parents and you know a disabled younger sister. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think that's sort of. Um, I I just you know these are just general uh, yeah. reductions, but you know it gives some sense of why the answers that you gave in some of these interviews, I was like, you weren't 17 at the time. You were probably 16 or 15 at the time. And I'm reading yeah. them. This sounds like something Charlize Theron would answer or, you know. Oh, I appreciate that. Wow. You know, the depth of, of the answers were like, how is this young person answering this like a 40-year-old, a you know? <laughs> I, I think, uh, well, part of it, I think it's an interesting approach that my my parents always took, like my dad always treated me like an adult, not in terms of like responsibilities and stuff like that, yeah. but just the way he talks to me and he always encouraged me to both embrace my youth, but also to to ask questions and to dig into the deeper things and not to be scared of adult subjects. And I think that that is, I feel like, you know, you've got youth who want to grow up too fast, but aren't digging into the deeper things of life. And I mean, I can understand the the desire to do so because you know it's 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 interesting it's new it's uh, it's something that provokes your curiosity but I I feel like um, my parents were always like this is your youth they made me very aware of that they're like this is your time to shine to do whatever you want but also remember that you are young and um, it's okay to be young you don't need to grow up too fast but yeah how beautiful is that you know and especially in a generation because i probably am your parents generation and their parents were probably really not pressuring but really advocating for health science and you oh, know, that yes. that route and then to produce parents that are um actually medical doctors and for them to kind of like have a total turn of uh, perception or direction for their children in this day and age to become the best versions of themselves that doesn't require the, their kids to become doctors. We're starting to see that pervasive sort of attitude um, in people and parents, my you know, uh, of my generation. We're departing from this pressure to pressure our kids to to take up medical uh, fields, right? I think that's great because yeah. honestly, it's a great. It's a great profession. It's it, they do great things for people, but it's not for everybody. And you yeah. can't fit everybody into a little box. And and I think that you're starting to learn that. And I think it's it's really freeing up today's youth, yeah. and um, to do things that are even greater, even though it's not in in this a line of sight that you see outside of that field of vision. There's just a whole world to explore, and I think that we're being really free to explore that. And, you know, I've, I've learned through kind of dealing with um, parents that are my age or a little bit older, that once they were able to lay the tracks financially down for a secure future, then they yeah. were free to get you because you're in essence, third generation now of Vietnamese, right? Because your grandparents came with your mom, and dad. Oh, yes. So my, uh, my, my parents are immigrants. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, by the time the third culture, uh, the third generation arrives, you know, the base is already kind of laid down financially and we're not worried about surviving. Yes. So now we're allowed to take up these uh, opportunities in the world of representation. I mean, absolutely. And I think that's really exciting. I don't like 
with my grandparents, I'm not sure if they really saw like what I was going for at first, just because, you know, they've kind of stayed in that survival mode yeah. their entire life. And it's, it's honestly kind of sad to see that they're, they're always acting like they're surviving, you yeah. know, and it's it just it's something that stays with you like that, that fighting spirit, like you're fighting for your place in this country, you're fighting for that financial stability. And, um, and I think that once they, uh, once they saw me on set and doing this, and being really happy about it, I think something just clicked for them that, you know, what they fought for was the opportunity to be happy, to chase your happiness in whatever avenues that you want. And yeah. When did you get started in music? Oh, I got started in music very young. Um, so my parents told me that when I was like a baby, I would like hum myself to sleep. And my grandparents were like, there's no way a baby does that. And then my grandpa came into the room and he actually heard it and he was like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but um, so as I, as I grew up, I would just like sing all the time and I would just like make up random songs, especially for my little sister. I would just sing her random songs. And then probably when I hit like, when I hit six, um, I started enrolling in like actual classes because my parents were like, well, obviously she loves singing and, and music. And I was also really sensitive to music. Like when my grandma would play sad music, I would just start crying as a baby and then she would turn it off and I immediately just stop crying. Um, so they, they knew that there was some connection between me and music. And so I got enrolled in piano and guitar and voice lessons. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've just, I've continued to grow in terms of music and, even though that's not my primary um, career path right now, you know, I, I develop it for myself. You know, I've, I yeah. still write songs. I still play music all the time. I sing like every single day. Um, and so it's something that I'm really passionate about and whether or not it's something that I consistently share with the public, um, it's always something that's always going to be a part of me. What do you feel makes a good musician? I think that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, a musician is so much more than just, you know, technique. You mean, I mean, just like with anything, you drill technique, you drill um, being able to do these uh, fancy things, right? You, you build from the basics up to the fancy stuff. And then, um, but what really makes an artist, in my opinion, is their ability to utilize those tools and use them as tools, not as the end product to be able to incorporate their own unique essence and, you know, individual self into their art, into what they play, whether that be a cover of a piece somebody else made and being able to, you know, tweak notes here and there and to tweak the dynamics just to make it something of your own um, or whether it be creating an entirely new piece and, you know, uh, expressing your emotions that way as a response to outside events, as a response to internal events. Um, I think that that is what really makes a great musician is to be able to bring part of your soul into your work. Now, the next part of that is what do you think makes people tune in and engaged and feel what that musician at that level is doing? Because you could be technically proficient. You could be, you could sound great, but yeah. you just don't connect with the, for some reason we don't connect with the artist. And what do you think, do you have an opinion on that? I mean, 
it's it's such an interesting subject because there's something different like people connect with different artists for different reasons and you know of course there's a psychology behind it like where they're saying at certain frequencies blah 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 it really it it, it tricks the brain to do something right there's something between frequencies brain and between tempo and between repetition and there's something that um there's like there is a scientific component to it but i feel like on the on an emotional level there's something about capturing a specific emotion one that may not fall into words when you just want to express it and if they can capture that specific emotion that specific universal experience of whether it be some type of some type of pain some type of like dynamic joy i think people really connect with that because um looking internally and analyzing your emotions is a very difficult process right um that's why a lot of people are like are asking themselves questions about like, what am I feeling right now? I'm so confused about how I feel. And I think music, if you can give them that sense of clarity, I'm like, this is how I feel. And to give them something tangible to like, hold on to they're like this song, this is how I feel right now. I think that that's what people really connect to, or at least that's what I really connect to. Yeah, it makes sense because your answer um, could be applied to a painting, could be applied to acting, yes. could be a basis of so many art forms because of this idea of universal connection to you know whatever it's sort of transpiring into right yeah. and i think when i listen to the music and the singing that you've done i can understand how the technical side of connecting with the words the tempo the the overall feel could be adopted into becoming an actor and yeah. all of that's related so absolutely as you're practicing music it's just sort of all symbiotic right it's 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 really great and and my my current vocal coach she is she's really into like well these words let's take a look at them mm -hmm. let's not just look at the notes let's look at the words what am i doing here and you know people i I'm a person who loves to add in riffs everywhere, right? But you can't just be riff happy, right? You have to add them in where they matter. Like um, if there's a certain crescendo in emotion, if there's a, a certain area where it just kind of, you know, tapers off and you want to, you know, kind of um, imitate that with your own vocal inflections. And I think she's really helped me to connect the dots between where am I altering the music, making it my own, where am I adding riffs? And where is this reflected in the words? And where is that reflected in my emotion and the way that I express the song? What musicians do you follow? And where do you get your inspiration from your, your song for your songwriting? I think that well, <laughs> I've been exposed to a wide range of music over the years, especially I think that especially when I was young and starting out, my music taste was largely shaped by my father's music tastes, right? So um, I definitely, like when I was little, I had like my little iPod and I had like Whitney Houston, Elton John, Celine Dion, um, you know, um, and then as I, and then my mom was into a, a totally different stuff, like, you know, opera and like, jazz music i know sometimes i'd wake up in the morning and i would just hear andrea bocelli like singing in the distance because my mom's listening to him and 
um, and then my dad also has the other end of the spectrum. What he like my first concerts were Pat Benatar concerts, so that's like a like rock stuff. You know, he was into like Def Leppard and like all that stuff. So you know, we've got a wide range of um, influences. And then as I became a little older, um, I became more into radio stuff. Right? You've got you know Taylor Swift, you've got Ariana Grande. Um, and as I became even older, I've got my own Spotify. So now I've got all these new playlists to explore, right? Um, recently, I've been listening to like Billie Eilish, Doja Cat, um, you know, very mainstream, very pop. Um, but I still have all of that influence from my childhood of listening to all that stuff. And I think it's all kind of interrelated. And especially because I'm classically trained in piano, I think that all of it just kind of meshes into your own unique being, which I think makes each artist so unique is yeah. because no two artists have the same listening catalog. Nobody's listened to the exact same set of songs. And so when they create a new song, it comes from a whole, a whole unique set range of um, influences. And I think that, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point you bring up, you know, what, what, what we're fed and what we're fed as, you know, inspiration really shapes who we are. Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> Pat Benatar, Def Leppard, you know, that's a different uh, form than uh, Andrea Bocelli or any of the yes. opera arias that, you know, that we're listening to. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's interesting to see how diverse a person's music taste can be, because I think that when we think about people, we like categories, or at least I've noticed amongst my friends, we like to categorize ourselves, right? I'm a pop person. I am a rock person. But when you limit yourself to these categories of what you like and what you dislike, I think you close yourself off to mm -hmm. the possibility of enjoying a new realm of music. And I think that as you explore different realms of music, no matter what the instrumentation is like, no matter what it, um, no matter what the tone of the voice is like, there will be some, you'll find something in each genre that you can connect with because it's a universal expression of emotion. And I think that the more you explore these, the more that you explore the different pathways through which you can express your own emotion. And I think that's why it's very important to have a diverse range of um, music listening, like music listening. Yeah, for but sure. also, I yeah, I, I was going to say that just reminds me of how important it is to have diversity in and in, in, um, on screen as well, because you get all these different storytellers from different backgrounds. And it's important to expose yourself to all of these different stories because you become a more well-rounded person you become a more a wiser person a more understanding person and i think that all just feeds into each other and, and that's sort of the power of america yeah you know that's sort of the power of the united states which is you know we have a you know and, and in the last 50 years is even more so that you, you know one minute i'm listening to tupac in the gym yes. and i relate to tupac because you know he and i grew up in the same neighborhood it's around the same time and then last year I was almost front row seats at the Hollywood Bowl to Andrea Bocelli. You yeah. know, that's sort of the beauty of the expressive side of the United States where we have all these things and we are arguably part of the same fabric. I am part of the same fabric of Tupac and I am part of the same fabric of a place where they're doing opera or pop opera in the case yeah. of Andrea Bocelli. And it is part of me. And it's a very proud part of me. And then I've gone to a country concert, you know, in San Diego for Garth Brooks. And it's just the diversity, um, the beauty of that, I will never forget, is the gift that America gives me 
um, in terms of be, being an artist and, and, and enjoying these different perspectives? I completely agree. I think that I feel very fortunate to have grown up in California yeah. where there's a lot of diversity and, and they can, as I make friends from different backgrounds, different cultures, different places of origin, all that stuff, you, I think you just gain a greater appreciation for life and for humanity and, and you just get a better sense of the world and you learn to love it because you can see all the beauty in everything. And when you can, it's like you see a fuller range of colors in the world. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah. When did you make the divergence in acting and music? Because at some point you're doing all this music, right? And yeah. you're growing up and you're getting trained. But then at what point did you, did the light bulb go, go off and you go, let me take this path and I want to become an actor and not a musician professionally? Yeah. You know, I, I think it was pretty immediate, honestly. Um, because I didn't start acting until a little bit later, I would say closer to the end of my elementary years. And um, basically, I, I went to an acting coach just because my vocal coach was like, I think you could really benefit from going to an acting coach to see like, because so you can emotionally connect to the songs and so that you can emotionally connect to your audience better. And so I, I went there, you know, we did a few scenes like a few monologues. And I was like, you know what, this is a lot more interesting than I thought it would be wow. because I had really no experience in acting beforehand. And I, I guess I always just figured it was just lines because, you know, when you don't know about something, you don't know what you don't know. So I, I had no clue that there was like a whole world of emotion, a whole world of complex thoughts about psychology and about people and all of that behind the characters. And I just found that so interesting. And pretty soon thereafter, um, I you know, I started going to acting workshops and I sought out representation and um, I started auditioning and I knew that I could do both kind of because I wasn't, it, it wasn't like I was giving music up in order to pursue acting. I just kind of knew that that was going to be my career. And so um, I would say that happened probably uh, before middle school. I don't, I don't remember the exact dates, but um, yeah. yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was kind of just like everything just kind of fell into place for me. And honestly, I just had a clear vision and then I just knew this is what I want to do. And I, I kind of told my parents that and they were like, okay, we support you and we'll do whatever it takes um, to, to let you do you. You said that you were you know, taking classes and then you were looking for representation. So wait, you didn't, you weren't working or anything, but you went out and looked for representation before you even had any jobs? Yes. So I, I had an audition before that. I just had gone to like the, those, you know, those workshops where you talk to casting directors and you work with other actors and stuff like that. So I, I really just, all I did up until I got representation was train. I didn't, do projects. I just trained. Um, and 
I was fortunate enough to get representation and that is not my current representation. However, that was a wonderful, um, it, it led me to my current representation. And uh, I think it was just, it just happened so fast in my mind. It was just like, okay, I'm here and I'm here and I'm here. And it just all fell into place. And honestly, I can, I feel really lucky to have had that happen to me. Yeah, you are and very, very I, I feel so fortunate. And honestly, sometimes I'm like, how did I become this lucky? And my parents are like, well, that's how luck works. You don't know whether you're going to get it. You're not, you don't know whether you're not going to get it. And um, luck just comes around like that. And you just have to be grateful for it. You can't question whether you're deserving of it. You can't mm -hmm. question what, like, what did I, what, what can I, um, why do I deserve this? Why do I like those questions only hinder you from utilizing your luck to go further. And I think that you just do your best at whatever you do. And should the luck come, just grab it, take it, run while you can. Yeah. And for the people listening, um, when we talk about representation, we are specifically saying finding an agent or a manager. Yes. And, yeah. And finding an agent or manager is kind of like a chicken or what came first, chicken or egg. It's like we have to have a body of work for the representation, the agent to pick you up, to sign you. So if you don't have work, if you don't have a body of work, a portfolio, how would agents know to, you know, to sign you? Yes. So I believe that what I did, so I went to a, sh I, I found my manager at a showcase, I believe, my first manager. Um, so basically because I was young, you know, they're more forgiving about the body of work stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is just an advantage of being young, yeah. you know? Um, if I had been say six years older, I don't know if that would have happened. I think it was a matter of being at, at the right place right. at the right time. Yeah. And um, I basically, I, I, I had, I was ready, I had prepared uh, monologues and I had like scenes recorded, you know, you go to those, you rent out those studios and you just record a scene and you basically say, well, this is what I can do. Um, would you yeah. be willing to represent me? And that's basically all I could do because I didn't know how to book jobs. I didn't know anything about the industry, quite honestly. I didn't know anything about how auditions worked. I, I remember when um, I, I did like a, a music video and I was so confused because I was like, rolling? rolling what and because i didn't i didn't hadn't had that training and i was like does this mean i start and i'm like am i waiting for an action or do i start on rolling and it was so confusing and i just sat there and i'm like that was a good experience so that when i get on a set of film and television i won't do that <laughs> because it 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 will vary from people but they usually say action so it's like i was like rolling and i'm starting i'm like should i start and yeah <laughs> it's so funny yeah. Um, what is the hardest part in those early years? Um, did you have, was it difficult for you in the early years leading up to getting signed? Um, you know what? I didn't, I always felt sure. And I, I, I think this was, I don't even know how to explain this, but I always felt sure that I do what I'm supposed to do, and if it's meant to happen, it will happen, and if it's not, it'll not. So I kind of let go of that worry early on, and I don't know why it happened. I don't know how it happened, but I just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And if it's not going to happen, at least I tried my best, it's not going to happen. Um, so I just, I, I worked really hard on, you know, learning how to act, learning how to, how to, how to engage with my scene partner, 
how to how to give how to how to reciprocate and how to all the all those fun things about acting right and I, after i learned those basics um i kind of just i kind of just got representation and honestly it it just happened like that and i'm honestly still amazed to this day yeah it's like you know, you hear all these like woo-woo, law of attraction, you hear, but at the end of the day, the embodiment of what you're talking about shows up if you truly have this faith. And it's like, for you, it's like an unshakable, undeniable faith that life will ha handle itself if yeah. you do the work. Yes. And I, I don't know. I think I've always been that way, kind of. And I think I, you know, my sister, I feel like she's just like so positive all the time. And I think I, she's just given me that positivity with her, you know, and I've just taken that. I've always been like optimistic and, but it's more than just optimistic. I'm just like, I'm just sure. And I don't know how I can be sure. I'm just sure it will happen. And if it doesn't happen, I'm like, it wasn't meant to happen. Like, it's just, you have to have that attitude towards the stuff that doesn't happen so that you can continue having that positive attitude to make stuff happen in the future. And But are you yeah. telling me that you don't have to have down days and Oh, of course I have down days. I um I think on at those times it's like I talk to my parents and they're like, "Well, you're young. You don't have to be a thriving uh career person yet." And I think just having such a strong support network wow. has really helped me. And I think even just having music and having other parts of my identity to hold on to, rather than just holding on to my success in acting as as my main indicator of worth. My parents always like taught me that, you know, self-worth comes from yourself. You'd be happy with yourself. You can't control what other people are gonna think about you. You know, um, I was talking to my friends the other day and they're like, you know what, it really scares me being perceived because I don't know the way I'm perceived. I, I don't, I can't manage that. And I'm like, well, that's exactly it. You can't manage that. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't, I know it's hard. Just, it's easy to say, hard to do, but you shouldn't worry about how you are perceived. You, you put your best out there. And if you are perceived incorrectly, that's on them. Like that's, that's their stuff to manage. That's not yours to manage. You don't control how other people see you. And um, I think those down days have become few and far between as I as I've uh, grown older. I know that when I first started, I would like I would cling to auditions, and I would be nervous. But I think at some point, I just it just you just let go because I think after some point, you can't hold on any yeah. longer. So yeah. Now, what about the social dynamics of being in high school? and the work that you do and do the people around you at your school know what you do? Is there like different treatment? I mean, how does that all work out? So I went to an arts school for okay. middle school and high school. So that was, I was in the acting conservatory as well. So oh, okay. that was definitely like surrounded by artsy kids and everyone was uh, very understanding of that. But in terms of my elementary school friends who I still am in touch with and regularly like talk to, um they are they have artistic they, like they're great at art but they haven't chosen the same path you know um and i think that you know 
in most conversations, I don't like bring up that I'm, especially when I meet new people, I don't bring up that I'm an actress. I'm like, if I meet a new person at school, I'm not gonna be like, oh, hey, I'm an actress. Like, that's not just something that I bring up. I think that it's great to be a person outside of my career. And it's great to be a person just appreciated for being a person. Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. So everybody's sort of like doing the work at the high school that you're going to because yeah. everybody's involved in the arts and exactly. acting. You said yeah. acting conservatory. Yeah, I was in the acting conservatory. So that's like all the acting. So they have different conservatories for different artistic fields. And so um, I was in the acting conservatory. So I was with a bunch of actors like um, and they we were all honing our craft together and we're all working on it together. And I think it's it's it was really fun to be surrounded by a bunch of young actors that I would see day to day and just watch each other grow and help each other grow. Which which conservatory? Oh, I was at uh, Orange County School of the Arts. So OSHA, it's here in Orange County. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great experience. Eventually, I had to leave because of, well, like I said before, you cannot be at two places at once. So I had to film stuff and I had to do auditions and I can't do that while I'm at school. And eventually my attendance just was so bad. I was like, I can't continue like this, especially through high school. So, um, yeah. So you had to you had to get out. You had to get I out. Had, I had to go to online school. Um, and online school has been has been a wonderful tool for me uh, in terms of having the flexibility and freedom to uh, do what I want. Pursue, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that a lot of actors struggle with, you know, well, I'm kind of losing touch with my friends from um, from high school and from middle school. But I found that, you know, the friends who truly care about you and who were truly there for you more than just uh, they care for you more than just for your proximity to them in school. Yeah. Um, they they continue to reach out to you and you continue to reach out to them. And as you, as long as you both put in the effort, it's you, you guys are basically friends for life. So, yeah. So now it makes sense why college is not really, it doesn't even sound like it, it's, yeah, it, it sounds like an option because it doesn't have to be fitted so squarely in like a person who goes to regular high school, because you've already seen beyond that. You've already seen way outside the box of the possibility of taking this to another level and you can even get an online degree, you know, in college. Yeah. If you needed and to. I, I, I love that they have those options for yeah. people these days because you know, I, I I really genuinely enjoyed getting an education because it gave me something to hold on to in terms of, okay, I have I have this. I'm grounded in my ability to think, in my ability to to learn what I need to learn. And that gives me a sense of foundation, right? And um and I feel like just it it gives you I think that when it's easy to get lost when you only focus on your um, acting success, you know, um, you have to focus on the process and everything that feeds into it in terms of like all the literature classes I've taken, right? You look at a script and you're like, oh, I can apply this, right? And so I, I feel like that's why that is important to me, but also um, I know that it can be postponed and, and it's something that will always be there for me, yeah. Yeah. What was your first break into the business? Your paid first paid check? Like, what did that feel like? What, what did it, where did it come from? How did it come about? You know what? I think my first project was Tiny Feminists. Um, on it was like a YouTube mini series, and I honestly, 
I don't remember the exact details of it, but I remember auditioned for it, and then um, when I went to set, it was at YouTube Space, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Look at these sets, right? You had all this really cool set design, and I was just like, man, this is really cool. I, I want to do this again. And um, yeah, I, we, we went through the filming. We filmed a little bit outside, which I, which is an interesting like introduction into this, right? We filmed the outside pieces. We filmed the inside pieces. And I was like, it's so different from, you know, training in a classroom, right? Um, and I think that was just really solidified my um, desire to pursue acting. And uh, yeah, from there, I just kept on auditioning and yeah. Kept on booking after that. <laughs> yes, but yeah. <laughs> now in 2019, uh, I read an interview out of BSC Kids. Somebody asked you about a, a, the new project at the time, Little, um, yeah. that, you, yeah, that you're on. And the way you answered was like legit log line <laughs> out of a studio executive's mouth. I appreciate that. And then you proceed to break down the story the way a development executive would break it down. And I was like, whoa, who is this person? How did you become so well-versed in the way that you answered that? Um, I think it's just like a matter of practice. I remember before interviews, I would with my dad, like my dad would ask me potential questions, right? Like what might they ask you? And then I would give an answer. And he's like, do you like your answer? And I was like, mm, it could be better. He's like, let's try that again. Um, my dad was on a debate team. So he has like, uh, he has experience with like talking and like stuff like that. And um, yeah, my, my dad gave me, uh, he passed down some of his wisdom. And although I'm not as good at it as he is, um, I would like to think that I have, you know, incorporated some of his skills into my skill set. And I think that that was just a, a really great way to approach it, especially when you're young and he's like, you're going to be nervous. That's that, especially when it's your first interview, you're going to be nervous. That is inevitable. But the way you can circumvent this is by preparing. You feel less nervous when you are prepared. And when you're less nervous, you perform better. And you prepare, even if they don't give you the questions ahead of time, what might they ask you? What do they like to ask actors? What do they like to ask about this movie? What is going to intrigue readers, right? You come at it from the interviewer's point of view and you give them a, what would be a good answer for both them and the audience that's hardcore now i get it because again like like i was i was saying 2019 that's like two three years ago you were probably 16 15 the way you answered is there's a lot of kids that are coming out of college going to work as a development exec they could not answer the same way when i read it because you know i was in that world 20 something years ago i couldn't do it i probably couldn't do it today if i read a script <laughs> Love you so much. Yeah. Uh, I tried so hard, you know. Like I, I was. It's, it's an, it's, it's like this. I didn't realize at first that this was gonna be part of my job, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm an actor. I'm here to act. Like, what am I doing with interviews? But then, um, no. But I, I genuinely think it's, it's a matter of approach. I think anyone can do it. Personally, I think it's just a matter of the, the way mindset. you approach preparation. Yeah, they, exactly the mindset. And I think that what gets to most people is the nerves of it, and. I think that so many people would be so great at this had had they known to like 
had they known like little tools to circumvent the nerves and yeah. to really allow themselves to just speak in their best way had they had a dad who uh, was on the debate team i know? know my dad was like i'm like man you did so many things yeah <laughs> comes in clutch you know <laughs> fire you know i'm like now i get it how can somebody at that age answer with such precision i was gonna use a bad word but <laughs> <laughs> so 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 props to your father if he's listening when he will listen yeah. uh that is so for somebody like me when i read something like that the wisdom and the the depth that comes with that that bsc kids interview i was like blown away i was like wow this is why she's probably booking all these you know roles is because that kind of precision that that goes into just even an interview and we're not even talking about the acting but we're talking if this peripheral like activity of of answering these questions is so well honed i'm like the precision of where and so i that's why i'm very deathly curious about how it came and i get it you know with the father who was on the debate team and he can see um how well you need to prep for these things in the real world uh it's you know invaluable so kudos to your yeah. father i i i um i have so much respect for what he's done um in in showing you these tools oh he's done so much for me even though you know he's not in acting you know yeah. I think all the tools that you develop through life, he's always been somebody who like, learn whatever you can because it'll always be applicable somewhere else. And even if it seems insignificant, it will always, it will show its purpose, you know? And so he's always been of that philosophy. And now he can, you know, pass on bits of knowledge that weren't necessarily like, he did a lot of, he was into trivia and stuff like that. And now, uh, especially like movie trivia, which is really interesting. And and he, he loved movies, but he would never even considered going into them. Um, but now he can, he, some of that information is applicable to my whole career. And um, he helps me with my self tapes and everything, which I'm really grateful for. I know that's um, quite a process, uh, especially learning how to do the lighting, do the editing, right? It's It's been a process, but he's really helped me with it. Can we talk about uh, the Avatar, the Last Bender? Yeah. Airbender? Are you allowed to talk about that? Uh, I th I think I'm allowed to talk about it, not in the specifics. But, yeah. What yeah. about the process of getting to get casted in it? Can we talk yeah. about that? I believe so. Yes. Um. So, I, they went under a code name. Like they didn't give the name of the sh yeah. of the show, of course, and they didn't give the name of the character either. Yeah. They gave kind of um. A description that was instead of like instead of being about fire nation it was about high school but it wasn't really about high school um and so i was like this is really interesting and um they 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 gave me the the sides and everything was all very you know secretive about it yeah, and the sides the side, let's just clarify the sides is uh, a few pages of dialogue uh, that's in the in the script right yes yes for the audition purposes yeah and um i i did my uh first audition and then um i did my then they had like a callback right and they um i i worked with albert and um the producer and uh we kind of you know tried the scene several times and we were like working with it and seeing okay let's play with deadpan let's play with all this stuff and i was like okay that was really fun and i was like oh well hopefully i get it and then i i figured I figured out that it was Avatar. Oh, um, how? how did you figure that out? 
Well, first of all, my uh, breakdown said knife skills. <laughs> that was a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also like the code names of the characters kind of like the first letter matched up with the first letter of the real character. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but like my character May was nicknamed Molly. Um, so it, it was just, some of it was just like, okay, that is definitely that. Um, what do you and, think? Why do you think they give or they hide the project to the cast in the beginning? Um, you know, I'm really not quite sure about why they do that. I, I wonder if they don't want scripts leaked. Uh -huh. I wonder if they don't want people like talking about the show too much about it being in development or whatever. But to be quite honest, I, I've never been behind the scenes of somebody hiding stuff like, yeah. like that. Um, and I, I think they just generally want everything to be very, because everything about the show is very confidential, right? Um, even so when I got cast, right, I, I didn't know who was going to be playing um, the other girls until I got like the scripts from them. And I was like, okay, these girls are playing uh, my best friends. And um, yeah, I... Did you know any of them? Did you like? I had what? never worked with them before. Um, they reached out on Instagram though before we met, so that was really cool. I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, you guys want to like talk?" And I'm like, "That's really cool because like you know some people like before we meet like the set on set is going to be the first time that we meet. Yeah. But these girls were very proactive about it. They were like, "Oh yeah, hey, my name is Lizzie. My name is Momo, Momo." And then like they we they reached out and we got each other's numbers because we went to stunt training first. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, so, <laughs> um, um, but um, yeah. So we. <laughs> I could take that out. Can okay. That out? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I don't know whether I'm supposed to talk about that. It's okay. We could take that out. Thank you. Um, but they reached yeah. out. The, the girls reached out, and you guys yeah. all had a conversation. Yeah, and then we had like a girls' night out um like while we were filming and we just we bonded really quickly and i um, like with tequila shots and all that um not quite but, <laughs> um but You're we like, had a you know, really big party or a big rager yeah. big rager no uh, we, <laughs> we had to like film like a couple days like either the morning after or whatever but yeah it was it was super fun you know and the entire cast was just so welcoming and um, from like the directors, producers, everybody, writers, they were all just so welcoming to the cast. And I know it was, it was happening pretty, like they had a lot of people going in and out of there. So it was happening pretty fast. And um, yeah, it, it was just, it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life, honestly, working in the volume, the volume was just incredible. And just from the costumes to all like all the sets and everything it was just insane do you know when it comes out i do not know when it comes out unfortunately um i wish i knew you know okay. I, I wish i knew when a trailer came out i yeah. wish i knew all we, we'll, we'll be looking out for it we're anticipating it i think it's um something that uh many of the fans are, are looking forward to right yes yes i do hope so because i really I really love this cast. I really love the team behind it. And I really think it's going to be something that people are going to love. Yeah. Batalia, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Yeah. I've really got to understand, you know, your, your uh, intellectual makeup, uh, you know, how it's 
all put together and it's so it, it, for me it's very rivet, riveting to to discover and to hear how you know people like mom and dad and people that you are touched with you know in your um your 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 training the teachers that really form and shape you is so um it's enlightening i i and i come from another place too which is i have a daughter that yeah. you know she's six now and a uh, son who's four, uh, if they decide to go down these routes that yeah. I, like, I want to know, I want to know what your father did. And, you know, I'm so yeah. happy. Yeah. Him. Oh, that's so, are they already into acting and stuff or like any artsy yeah. stuff? Yeah, they're really into singing. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, yes. My daughter's really into singing. So I'll be rooting for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thanks again, Talia. Well, Thank I really you so much. It. All right. Thank you for listening to the Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Wynn, Catherine Wynn, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcast. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.